Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second edition of Music Industry Talks. It's our second episode today. And happy Valentine's Day, and thanks so much for being with, uh, with, here with us today. As you tune in, let us know where you're from in the comments below. And don't forget to share and like this video so that more people can see it. If it's your first time watching our webinars or hearing about Syncopated Noise Foundation, my name is Alessia. I'm the president of the organization. And I will give you a little bit of background about who we are and what we do. We are a nonprofit organization that promotes Canadian emerging musicians through events and educational activities like these. And the focus of Music Industry Talks second edition is to spotlight Canadian artists and music industry professionals of underserved communities to share their stories and help the industry stay connected during these difficult times and during the global pandemic. I would like to take a moment to thank Factor Canada for making this event possible and free for everyone to attend. And I will now leave you in the hands of our host for today, Pamela Dennis. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Alessia and Syncopated Noise Foundation for having me as a guest host. I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Pamela Dennis, and I've had the chance to work with many artists and vocalists while touring the world. I'm lucky to have been able to organize events and music business networking events, which allowed me to support and connect with more industry professionals and artists from various communities. And I'm currently a freelance music marketing consultant. And today I'm here with a special guest, Bela. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Um, I'm just gonna present you um, and, your, and your story before we kind of move into the um, interview portion. Um, Bela continues to beat the odds, the odds. As a child, doctors diagnosed her with vocal cord dysfunction and said she would never be able to sing again. Proving them wrong, Bela released her debut single, Turn It Around in 2016, which caught on like wildfire at radio. The single went on to reach top 40 status, peaking at number 24 on the Canadian Billboard charts and number 10 in her hometown of Montreal. Bela followed up with Monster, gaining her a second top 40 single as an independent artist. Bell Media chose Bela as the iHeartRadio future star. Since, Bela has performed in festivals across Canada, sharing the stage with Simple Plan, Lights, Aaron Carter, Biff Naked, Andy Kim, and Tom Cochran. She was recently announced as a 2019 Canada's Walk of Fame Emerging Artist of the Year Grand Prize recipient in their RBC Emerging Music Program. Welcome to Music Industry Talks, Bela, and thank you for joining us today. Your musical career seems successful and rewarding. Can you tell us how old you were when you started getting involved with music? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me today. Um, I mean, going back, thinking about my past and stuff, like I've, I've always been really drawn to music. Like even as a child, like I preferred to play with my dad's stereo system than like any of my toys. And that was forbidden. I wasn't allowed to touch his equipment, but obviously when he wasn't home, I was just putting on his records, putting on his CDs and just really just enjoying that. Um, and so like growing up, I wasn't super involved with music as like a singer or a writer because I didn't feel like I had access to, I didn't have any instruments at home. I really just had that stereo system. And I think when I was about eight or nine, I asked my parents for a guitar and they did end up getting me one, but 
I never ended up getting the lessons that they promised me. So I just taught myself how to play. Um, and then that led to writing music. Um, I would say my first experience doing that, um, really getting into it when I, I was probably about 13. My, my sister, she flooded our house. Um, <laughs> it was actually her. She literally like ran the bathtub overnight like from four in the morning. And then when my parents woke up, like a couple hours later, probably like three, four hours later, our house was flooded. Oh, oh my the goodness. Top level of our house. And I would actually contribute a lot of um, my start to music from that experience because that whole summer, our house was under, under renovation and I had to live at my grandmother's house. She had no internet. She didn't, there was nothing to do there. And all I had was my guitar that I had gotten a few years prior never played it didn't know how to play it and I just sat there and taught myself nice so out of a situation like this came an opportunity for you to grow that's amazing yeah definitely I was like so bored out of my mind but I I really found um myself writing music and just learning how to play the guitar with no help at all like I had no mm -hmm. access to the internet mm -hmm. um it was like, yeah, I mean, even when I was 13, like there was still, you know, social media had started by then. And I kind of felt like I was living in the 90s again, you know? <laughs> nice. So I guess that's where you kind of started really refining your art at that point. Like that was like a crucial moment that really puts you on that musical path. And how did you develop your music ability from then? So I kept on writing, I kept on um, learning how to play music. Um, I actually didn't even tell my family. I would always do this behind closed doors or when they weren't home. And then one day my mom walked in. I didn't realize she was home. I, she had probably just gotten home from work and I didn't hear the door and she heard me singing. And she was like really shocked and surprised because I had never really shown any interest in singing prior to that. And um, from there, I just kept doing what I was doing and I overcame my nervousness, overcame my shyness because I was an extremely shy kid. And, you know, I just kept doing it, not giving up. And then slowly but surely started releasing music, putting it on YouTube and just growing from there. Nice. So you found the courage, you found that um, confidence to actually put your music out there because I feel like that first step, that step where the music is in your closet and to making your music public is huge. It's huge yeah. and I feel like some people don't realize that you're putting yourself like uh, out there, like completely vulnerable with your songs. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I honestly feel like it, it was a big moment because I was very shy, I was really nervous, but I think what really helped me was going to open mic nights and like showing my friends and 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 showing people like once once that barrier of, of my mom hearing me sing and, and play my music and, and hear me songwriting once that barrier broke I was able to then have some confidence because once you realize that like someone doesn't think that you're terrible it helps you <laughs> continue because it's really hard when you're when you're just starting especially as like a young you know a young person and it's like you don't even know if people are going to enjoy it or not. So I think that's really what helped. Um, and then just doing it. You know, I was, I was literally that kid who in front of, you know, when you do like oral presentations in school, I would be like shaking. I'd have two cars and I'd be like this nervous wreck. And so when I think back to like where I was to where I am now, like it's pretty incredible to see that if you keep doing it, those nerves go away and it, it's, it's no longer of an issue, you know? 
that's great advice for any artist starting. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, can you tell us a bit about your inspirations? Actually, you mentioned earlier that your father had a, a few records and you would play around with them. I'm curious to know what kind of music you first, you know, started listening to. Oh, that, yeah. So, I mean, I listened to so much music, but probably an early favorite, probably the first moment when I was like, really like felt in love with music when I was, would be when I was listening to Fleetwood Mac. Like I would just listen to all his Fleetwood Mac records. And yeah, that was the moment where I like felt something really like special when I would listen to music. Um, and from there, I was just like listening to all of his music. Like I loved Alanis Morissette, Jan Arden. Um, and then obviously like I, I'm a 90s kid. So like I, I love like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and listening to Pink and just all of that like cool stuff. Um, and so it was just all kind of like a mix, just mixing all of that together. Um, Avril Lavigne, just all the good stuff from the 90s. Nice. Um, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yeah, so like I just listened to a lot of different stuff. I listened to my dad's like rock music as well. And it just kind of became a really big mix. Um, I had like a really big like alternative phase as well, like Paramore, uh, Blink-182 and just listening to that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I really love different genres. Nice. So today, basically exploring all these different genres kind of brought you to a certain path, a music, musical path. And today your genre, um, I've listened to your music and it's very like feel good and it's just this very happy and it makes you feel good uh, type music. Um, what genre would you classify your music in? Yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely doing pop music right now, um, but I like to, to pull from my different inspirations and my different genres that I love to listen to. Um, I'm sure you heard on Turn It Around, like I really wanted that cool rock guitar, mm -hmm. but I just try to make everything sound like, you know, product in the production, I make it pop. But sometimes when I'm, you know, writing a song, I'm just with my acoustic guitar, and it doesn't sound pop. It, it's really just in the production process that I make sure that this is gonna sound accessible. And um, it's the vision that I have in my head, but it doesn't always start that way. Sometimes it, I'm writing a song and it almost sounds like a folk song. And then, you know, I produce it and oh, now it sounds like a pop song. So it's all in the production, right? Do you have um, a team of musicians that you work with or maybe just a producer? Um, how does the whole, song get put together after you write it okay so like usually like I sit and write my music sometimes I'm in studio as I'm writing it and I'm working side by side with a producer um I love doing that because it, it you know it just happens so quickly where you know I'm working side by side with someone who's working on the beat and then I'm working on the lyrics and the, the melodies and then it just kind of like over a couple hours like my song is done so that's a pretty fun experience too um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, I do work with specific producers. I work with, with musicians as well for my live shows. And it's yeah. definitely a team effort. It's definitely a team, a team effort. Nice. Reaching the top of the charts is no easy feat. And you obviously need to have a team of, of people that are working with you. Can you tell us a bit of what your team currently looks like? Yeah, definitely. So it's pretty cool because when I started um, releasing music under Bela, um, I had no team at all. And releasing Turn It Around is really what helped me to find my team and find the people that are going to help me in this. And 
Um, through that, I was able to work with my manager, Patrice Laflamme of Mama's Boy Music. Um, so he's an incredible manager. Honestly, like, I feel so thankful to have him on my team. Um, also a Montrealer. So he's been um, my number one. And, you know, from there, you know, there's so many people on the team right now. Like, um, whenever I release music, I'm working with a radio tracker, I'm working with a publicist. And it's definitely, again, a team effort. Um, and just trying to get myself out there as much as possible. And it's definitely um, work of a team. It's wow. never, never alone. So I, I was just kind of like, you mentioned that you release turn it around without having that team behind you so and it caught like like you that song was the number 24 on the, the billboard charts and you did that without a team um now that's amazing uh on its own that means you made your research you you did everything you needed to do in order to 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 put it in people's ears um how did you do it so it's funny because everything just kind of happened at once like I don't know like it was but it was years of you know of of working at it and then I had turned it around um I actually recorded that song with John Nathaniel he's an incredible producer um I took a chance to work with John Nathaniel because I had gotten like a factor grant to help me um fund um that production and that's what gave me like the feeling of like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to produce something as good, best quality that I can do. And then turn it around happened. And I was like, okay, I need to do a music video. And like, again, I, I didn't have a team at that time. So I was just like online trying to find like Montreal people that can help me make a music video happen. And then once the video came out, um, well, the video, once the video was ready, I sent it over to Mark Bergman because I had spoken to him for, he was, he was um, the music director at Virgin Radio. Um, and he, you know, he, I wanted to find out from him what he thought of it. And so that's what helped me get into the radio side of things. He's the one that opened that up for me, like giving me the idea of that whole plan. Cause I, I wasn't super much, like on my radar at the time. Um, so there was that. And then at the same time, I met my manager, I met Patrice by, and, and I sent him the, the song and everything just one day just happened. Um, it, it, it was pretty surreal, actually. Amazing. Man, what a year that must have been. Definitely, definitely. So I was at the time, um, the way that it got onto radio, the first, the first time that I had radio success, it was submitted through Virgin Radio for Future Star for iHeartRadio. Yeah. And um, I think it's like 13 artists get submitted and then they choose internally somebody. And I had zero, like, I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but Mark Bergman literally called me. He's like, you're going to be the future star. Your song starts playing on the radio like tomorrow. And I freaked out. And so that's why I kind of feel like it all kind of happened. It didn't happen overnight because I was working at this for years. Um, but then once it happened, it happened and it really opened the doors. You know what I really like what you said is that you actually went and got advice from someone who worked at a radio station. I feel like that was a key moment because this is someone that works every day with putting music on the radio and having someone's input, this person's input in, in trying to launch your, your music, I think must have been like a, a great plus. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially after like 
you know, so much thought that went into it. And at the time, like I said, I didn't have much of a team. I was really just pulling at strings and, yeah. and just trying to get as much advice as possible from anyone that I knew, especially people who who, who are in the music industry to a certain degree. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty incredible to just be able to um, get to that point, to be able to release something and, and, and do it properly as well. Nice. Um, Bela, I saw your performance um, on Canada's Walk of Fame. That looked amazing. How was that experience? Was it your first time in front of such a large crowd? The, the experience was incredible. Um, I had been playing, I've been playing festivals uh, for every summer for the past few years. So it definitely wasn't my first time playing um, like at, at a, you know, with an audience that size, but it was definitely one of the most beautiful stages I've ever performed on, probably the most beautiful stage I've ever performed on. It looked like it. Um, yeah, and also just like the people that were in the audience like I was performing to like Will Arnett and like I was performing to so many people that I, I looked up to. Um, Chris Hadfield was there. He's actually at the end of the video clapping at me. And like, that's my favorite part of the performance video is just that like I see Chris Hadfield clapping um, and like whistling at me and I'm just like, cool. I love Chris Hadfield. So um, that was pretty incredible. I mean, the whole thing, um, you know, like as an artist, when you see like competitions and you see all these um, things online when you submit to these things you, you you submit you forget you don't you know you don't remember that you did it you don't think anything of it you don't think anything's going to happen because the chances are so small and then getting that email from Canada's Walk of Fame telling me that I won that I was like in shock I was in absolute absolute shock um, but yeah the, the the experience was incredible just working with all the artists working with Canada's Walk of Fame the doors that they open for me, like I'm so thankful, mm -hmm. so grateful. Amazing. And did you get this news during COVID or was it before? So this was, this was like last year, um, like last fall. So like a bit over a year ago. Okay. Um, and then it just all happened. Like I got um, an email telling me that I won. Like it wasn't a call or anything. And I, I thought I was being punked for a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it's pretty crazy. And then that all happened right before the pandemic uh, started. Um, I, I performed at the Canada's Walk of Fame Awards show. I played at a couple shows with them uh, in Toronto um, and then performed at Festival du Voyageur in Winnipeg. And that was right before the pandemic. So that was last end of February. So like almost a year ago now. Um, wow. so yeah, so that was like last year was an incredible year. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit, but um, yeah, it was a whirlwind for sure. I bet. Um, the key to growing steadily as an artist is to have fans. Can you share a bit on how you maintain and nurture that relationship with your fans? Yeah, I mean, today I think social media is a big component, right? And, you know, I'm so grateful for social media to imagine doing this pandemic without it. Like, how lonely we would be. Um, but yeah, so I would say just keeping it real on social media and being myself as much as possible on social media, showing the good times, the bad times. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not, it's it takes its effort because you have to like, it's hard when you're an artist to wanna show times that are not perfect and stuff, but it's it's super important today um, as an artist to really connect with your fans. So just keeping it real. 
Absolutely. Your music has a feel good vibe about it. And it's so easy to listen to. It's very accessible and it's definitely top 40 material. What are the main themes and messages that you cover in your music? So what I always like to think is that I go through some difficult times and then I try to almost think of it as like, okay, if my best friend was in this position, like what would I tell them? Like how would I give them advice on this? And usually when you think of it that way, you can always find like a positive spin on whatever, you know, stuff that is going, you're going through. And so I always kind of feel like my music reflects that best friend advice that I'm giving myself, which then helps me turn, you know, crappy situations into positive ones. And so that's kind of what I like to do with my music. I, I like to put that positive spin. Um, and so like turn it around, for example, I always feel like turn it around is like, has been like my motto, you know, that's like my life's motto when like, when, you know, when they say like, when life gives you lemons, like make lemonade or like just trying to like make a bad situation, a positive one as much as possible or to like have that perspective. Um, it's so important to get through tough times. Um, and same with Monster, like Monster for me was really just, it was like a, a response to my experience being bullied as a child and just like owning it and like loving yourself and self-acceptance. Self and so you would not listen ever, you would never listen to Monster and be like, this is, song is like about like a terrible experience. You just listen to it and feel that like positivity. And, and that's my goal is to spread positivity and joy through my music and just spread that message. Absolutely. You've had such an amazing growth in your career and you have an amazing, all these achievements were done by you and your team. And it's hard to imagine that you were actually diagnosed with vocal cord dysfunction. What exactly is vocal cord dysfunction? Yeah, it's funny because when I was younger, um, I had a vocal cord dysfunction where my vocal cords literally worked backwards. So like, I literally woke up one day as a child, I think I was around nine years old, and I literally could not breathe properly. Every time I would breathe, I would sound like a mouse. Like I sounded like I was squeaking, but really loud. And so obviously like my parents rushed me to the hospital and it took a while for them to figure out what it was, but they figured out that my vocal cords were working completely backwards. Like in, when you're breathing, your vocal cords open. And every time I would breathe, my vocal cords would close. So it was causing a breathing issue. And, and as you know, when you sing, breathing is absolutely everything. So they're like, yeah, you won't be able to sing. Um, you're not gonna be able to ever do that. And, and so I think that gave me a lot of, um, it gave me a little bit of a kick in the butt to prove them wrong also. Oh yeah. You know, especially like I already loved music at that point and was obsessed with, with music. Yeah. But I think that gave me a really big reason to prove them yeah. wrong. I am someone that if you tell me I'm not gonna be able to do something, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So, um, yeah. How did you do it? How did you I, overcome the situation? So even though the doctor said I wasn't going to overcome it, like with my parents, we tried to find all different types of therapies that are going to maybe work. And even if it wasn't going to work fully, I was like, I was willing to try it. So I did a bunch of speech therapy that taught me how to breathe mm -hmm. again, which was very weird because you're never, you're, not, you're born breathing. Like no one ever teaches you how to breathe. 
it's like being taught how to blink your eyes, you know, yeah. like it, it's not something that's very teachable or learnable, yeah. but for some reason, like after doing that, I even tried hypno hypnosis. Like we tried everything. So we don't know. I think it was obviously, it was probably the, the speech therapy that it taught me how to breathe. Um, and then slowly, but surely over a few years, um, I was able to get it under control. So I was one of the lucky ones who got wow. just with that. You got like a lucky star or something watching over you because I'm just l listening to your story and it's just everything is, you're exactly where you need to be. You know, like you have, you have had some challenges, but you were willing to overcome them, you know? So really, I'm really happy for you and, and congrats to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always about like, that's what life is, right? Life is a bunch, a bunch of like crazy things that happen. And then it's all about how you deal with them and how you, per, per, like how you perceive them, how you overcome them. And, and those are the moments in life that you're going to remember. Yeah. I, I like how it ties so well with your turning around single. It's, it's kind of like something that you hold very close to your heart. It's nice to see. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. I, I obviously like, always try to take those personal experiences and, and write somewhat of a positive song or a positive twist to it. Um, like I have so, so many more songs in that mm -hmm. nature um, that I'm really hoping to get out this yeah. year. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really excited. Yeah. We know that you've perform performed that Pride LGBTQ plus events. Do you identify with this community and can you tell us about your experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I have been involved as much as possible. Um, I definitely consider myself um, part of this community um, and like just under that queer umbrella. And like, it's so important for me to be involved because that's just, you know, being involved is, is the, the closest thing that I can do to and performing at these events. It's, it, it's honestly such an incredible environment too. just performing at pride festivals and stuff. It, it's, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, so I just try to do as much as possible for, for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, super important, super, super important. And like those festivals are some of my favorite festivals to perform at. Was the concept of being overtly part of the LGBTQ plus community come with any challenges in your career? I mean, I've honestly have been had probably like the easiest time with it. I'm one of the lucky ones. Again, I've never really experienced too much negativity from it. I I'm, feel like I'm one of the lucky ones that, you know, have really just, I've been surrounded by people who are so accepting. Um, it's really not always the case. And like, I'm, you know, have a lot of close people to me that, that have not had that experience. Um, which is why I want to be involved as much as possible to, to help be one of those supportive people. Um, but yeah, for me, I am one of the lucky ones. I, I have never experienced any really negative things from it. It's always been a positive thing for me. Nice. Good. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> you. Um, how are you managing your music, your creativity during COVID? How are you handling all that? Oh man, the pandemic. Oh, it, I felt like the pandemic came at such a 
such an interesting time for me, right? Like for everyone. I mean, it's it, it was a shock, right? Um, I had plans to release a single uh, right around the time the pandemic started, which I postponed. And it's it's been so hard to navigate to figure out like what to do and like what's the right thing and 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 should you release music anyways, even though the maybe your marketing strategy does not work anymore in this time. Um, but I've just been getting through it by writing and and spending that time to work on the actual production and. I know that once this is a little bit better, a little bit more to that finish line, I'm gonna be ready with all of this new music. Like I'm already ready, like I'm ready tomorrow. But you know, I'm 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 really excited to get the music out. Like it's been a long time coming, um, and it makes me sad to think that like I've had to wait so long um, to put something new out. But like I know that what's to come is like the best that I've I've ever made. So like I'm really proud of it. Um, and yeah, I'm just super excited for, for everyone, for you guys to, to finally hear it. I mean, I'm excited to, to see what's coming next. I feel like whatever's coming next is going to be better than and bigger than whatever you did before. So I'm um, cheering for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. Um, so yeah, I am hoping um, I'm, you know, eyeballing summer for, for the next single. And uh, yeah, hopefully it might happen a little sooner than that, but definitely this summer it's going to happen at the very latest. So yeah, I'm excited. Great. Um, do we have any, do you have any current, well, you were talking about your upcoming project, but you didn't really say what, um, do you have more singles coming out? So I've been working on so much music. I've even been writing for like other artists. Um, because there's only so much music you can get out, like especially as a writer, there's only so much you can release on your own for yourself. So I've been uh, quite busy with that. And the stuff that's coming out of mine will definitely start off as singles, but I'm gonna have my EP or full album ready. Like it depends on the timing of when I'm releasing it, but like I already have an album ready to go, you know? Wow. I'm just like okay. just finishing the productions, uh, like finish like mixing and mastering so like I have everything ready to go so like all the options are on the table um, but yeah you know today it's it's so hard to release like a full project it's I think it's easier to focus one single at a time because then you have like the time to like release the visuals and to talk about the message of that one song um, you know I'll try again to like promote to radio and, and all that kind of stuff and yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of big plans coming. That's for sure. Nice, very nice. So thank you so much for sharing your artist um, life development with us and your and, and your like um, stories regarding your vocal dysfunction. That for me really touches me because I've had vocal nodules in the past, and you know, doctors first thing they say is like surgery, surgery, but I went to see a speech therapist and I did, I did the work. And so it really, it really spoke to me what you were experiencing. Oh, awesome. So, Glad to hear that you recovered as well from that. Yeah, it's very scary. It's so scary. But um, yes, yeah, so I'd like to thank everyone for watching our second episode of Music Industries Talks with Bela. If you enjoyed the event, hit like, comment, and share this video. Thanks to our um speaker for sharing her story with us today thanks to factor canada to all of you from home 
for watching. Don't forget to subscribe to the foundation mailing list for updates on our upcoming events at syncopatednoise.org and follow our social media pages at Syncopated Noise on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Music Industry Talks will be back next Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time with another surprise guest host right here on Facebook Live. Thank you for having me and thank you for watching.